Welcome to Now Try This, the podcast where two best friends get to every get together every week to discuss their favorite things. And sometimes those things come from you. Oh my goodness. Welcome everyone, because this episode is about stuff. Stuff that was decided on by you. What the hell does that mean? That means it was powered by Patreon. Oh, Patreon. Oh, Patreon. Man. Which means everyone at patreon.com slash now try this cast voted on what we would try this week because this is a trying podcast. One of us, either me, Nick, or that guy over there, Marcus. Say hello, Marcus. Hello, Marcus. And we challenge the other one to try something we love, something dear to us, something from our past, something current, just something we're excited about. That feeling you have of wanting to share something you love with your friend and the friend won't do it. Well, we started a podcast, so we had to. And this uh, week, our patron, our patron Tazam has suggested The Color Purple, the 1985 film. And so we have watched said film and we will do said film. but. Don't worry, because this fun, once you pop, you just can't. No, I don't want to get sued. What? Once you, once you, once you join, you feel it in your loins, because that's, that's the Patreon. And now try this. Let's go. That's the energy we need for this episode. Patreon.com slash now try this cast. Hell yeah. Bring dad will never can, die. If you are a $5 tier member, you can suggest what we what we do. And then you're just going to do a dollar and then you get to vote next month. It will be open soon. Please jump back in to decide what we're doing next month. And uh, we also have a discord. We just started up. We would love for you to join. You can go ahead and get the link to that at patreon.com slash not try this cast. <laughs> I don't know why you dabbing brings me an insane amount of joy because I know that you would do it in public if prompted or like dared to. But naturally, I don't think you would dab in public. Marcus, I do dab in public. But on stage or in person or just conversational? That's different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> Not that much in person. It's like a joke you do like once a month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just every mm-hmm. once in a while. If you find if you find it, listen, I don't dab for no reason, but if I have an opportunity to dab, I st- swellst dabs. <laughs> Little Shakespearean for you. I wow, I didn't know. He's such a learned scholar over here. Uh, but guys, if you like what's going on over here, last week we did the perfect match, the Netflix dating show. We've done beautiful things like The Last of Us, the Matilda musical. We've done all sorts of things. Go ahead and check our backlog. But Marcus, next week. When we're not brought to tears by our fans, <laughs> uh, what will we be doing on the podcast? Man, I gotta say real quick, our patron is real depressing. We got an anime about depression last month, and this month we got just the color purple, which if you've watched it, you're gonna cry. It's gonna be sad. Yeah, good point. Yeah, tell them what 
please so guys do something if different. you so our current patrons i love them to death but they're here trying to make us cry every month so if you could <laughs> join the patreon and put some good funny comedies up there just I some dumb shit just some dumb stupid goofy stuff give us even cocaine th- bear give us oh god please don't give us cocaine that silly. looks awful i don't want to do cocaine bear. <laughs> i can't afford to buy more tissues okay i'm sad <laughs> out I'll Can't set do it, it out. Okay. But you said it was my time to give you a challenge, right? That's usually that's usually the point of the podcast. Nick, with we're at, we're at. I have so much stuff, like kind of okay. in my backlog that I love. Sure. I have like games that I'm kind of waiting till you maybe have more time for, like when we're going to take some okay. time off. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I got books. I've been reading a lot of books recently. I've been lot of stuff i want to share with you last time one of us gave the other person a book the podcast stopped for a year and a half so i hear exactly. you exactly but, here. but, here. but that's hard because all that stuff is like time consuming stuff that i consume like in bite-sized chunks so movies and tv wise i pretty much have only been watching stuff for the podcast sure. <laughs> for the podcast or you know like the last of us which was you know pod we did already so i try to think of something that I really, really, really did enjoy recently. It is not a book. It is a comic book, though. Okay. And nerd. <laughs> I look, man, you got to read what you got to read. You know, you know what I'm Listen, saying? Whatever. I feel like in between books, I'm, I'm reading comics and it makes me feel good. I will say, if you ever want to give me a book, we don't have to do the book all at once. This can be a book club situation. You can give me a little oh. bit of it. You can give it to me in spurts. You know, okay. we can do like a third and a third okay. and a third of half and a half. You know? Okay. Yeah. I just read, not just, but Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow is incredible. And that will be your, if we do a book challenge, that will be your book challenge later. That's too many but, Tomorrows. It is a lot of tomorrows. But the book challenge for you that I'm going to give you now is a comic book series, 12 Mm -hmm. issues long, called The Nice House on the Lake. Now, I don't want you to look things up for it because I have to to find it. Sure, 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 sure. Like a lot of things I want to give you, if you read the premise, it kind of ruins the fun of the comic book. James Tinian, uh, he did some Batman stuff. I love that. Yes, guy. he's done a lot of good stuff. He's a great writer. He's he dabbles in horror, and I feel like he crushed it. I feel like I really, really enjoyed this book series. I'm you already oh, spoiled I, it. It's horror. Come on. I've See? only read the first volume, but I'm going to read the second Ooh. half of the second volume and reread the first volume. And I want you to also read both volumes, and okay. we will come together and talk about it. Oh, I have a lot of time out in the world. Maybe I'll do the, I'll sit in Starbucks. I'll sit in a Barnes and Noble thing and read it for free. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, so the comic book again is called the nice house on the lake by James Tinian. For those of you who want to do the challenge with us. All right. It's nice just about a bunch world. of friends who go on the lake, having a good time on the a lake. Nice romp. And nothing nice bad romp. happens. <laughs> just a nice happens. old good old romp on the lake you think <laughs> it that time i mean i'm when you say that i'm thinking like degrassi i'm thinking oh, like yes, like yes like yes the, the summer i turned pretty like mm-hmm. fucking teeny bop like all the boys i knew last summer or this two, is two just the boys, like that. whatever to, to okay. all the boys i love this is just yes. like that 
I love it. All right, a whole bunch of friends in LA. It's like you, me, and a couple of our. We get into Nikki's house. It's our friend Nikki's lake house. We go to the lake. It's the same thing. Same vibe. Same vibes. All right. Same vibes. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Oh my God. Nikki is is in the chat and he said, we've done that before and survived. I would love, I I, I would hate it, obviously, but I Uh would love if we all went there for a weekend and it turned to some horror movie shit. That would be like, I I realize our chances of survival. You and me aren't that high. Whoa. Marcus. I like to do dumb shit and you think you're invincible. I'm pretty sure we're going to die. And we're also minorities. (laughs) I don't think we're surviving. (laughs) I yes, you're right. We are minorities and we wouldn't survive because of that. But this isn't a movie being made by a white man. Okay, this is our lives. It would be real life in this situation. Okay, listen, if the movie is about our friendship, you and me. Then we got a chance to make it to the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it would be the kind of thing where it looked like one of us didn't make it. And then the other one just finally actually did survive and like saved you at the last minute. One I of us think survived, so. zombie apocalypse, you and I don't work well together because we would. <laughs> you said this yourself. You don't make <laughs> no, that I face. Haven't. Yes, I haven't. Yes, no, I haven't. Yes, I haven't. I said, have. I said we would do great. You just might have to eventually kill me. That's all. <laughs> And I'm okay with that. If I, I, I need you, Marcus. Here's the thing: in a zombie apocalypse, we are gonna crush it. We survive. We will only let in the people that we need to let in to survive. We will make the hard choices. We will keep things running. I need you though, because if I get to the point where I need to be killed, you're the only one that's gonna be able to do it because no one else is gonna be able to because I would kill everyone else before they have a chance to kill me. Because even once that, once I see their heads turning, like, oh no, Nick might be out of, dead. <laughs> but you know that about yourself. So you would force me to kill you in yeah. this situation. Because you're my real friend. That's the faith and the love I have for you. That's Come real friendship. On. Come on. T in the chat says he loves us both, but he'd leave us behind. Come T, on. you know what's crazy about that? Uh-huh. You think we would let you, but we would not. <laughs> no, I hunt we'd find T. <laughs> you're not you are not going T's to not be leaving. alone. Who's cooking? You would want to be alone. You would insist on it. You would try. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We need your Marine Corps training, T. You mm-hmm. we need that cooking. We need yeah. the survivalist ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need someone who can plant and grow stuff. Nature Boy, yeah. we got Nikki. Okay. We got, I don't know what you and I are doing, honestly, but I think we're like MacGyvers. Like, we can just kind of, we can fit. Marcus, all you know what we're we doing? You know anything. what we're doing in, in this episode of Walking Dead that is our friends and our friend uh-huh. group? We are the ones that are getting shit done. That is, <laughs> that is it. We're the, the creative directors and the doers. Yeah. We, yeah. We're the doers. Yeah. 100%. Like if it's like if it's like we're like looking at like a, a fucking a, a windmill and we got to get in there because there's electricity and power and then, and then everyone's looking around and it's like how are we gonna do it What are we gonna do You and me would look at each other and we would say We got it and we'd go get shit done Yeah that's what we yep, yep, that's, yep, all, yep, yep, that's yep. what we can show uh-huh. We don't we'll never have a plan or we'll do no. it It'll be we'll done. get it done <laughs> We will get it done we don't need no stinking plan it's actually the opposite i feel like i would over plan everything i'm like okay it's three miles to this 
like location. You go here because you've rested for two days and you go here because yeah. you've rested. I, that's how I would be. I feel like I would be like, I describe it that way because it seems like that to the passer buyer. It's just, we know that most people who plan well end up getting in their own way, way in my experience. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we would be able to plan the appropriate amount of time and then get that's shit done. fair. Like, cause there's a if there's a split second decision we will not be stopped by the fear we will get shit done yeah yeah that's fair we will have a plan we'll yeah. have made the educated guess but we're yeah. not gonna be like oh no i don't oh gosh do we go to the mill do we not go to the mill like oh man like oh like yeah there are pros and cons but like what if we don't go we need to be like we're not going to the mill let's go yeah <laughs> or we'd be like let's go to the mill yeah no that happened recently on the trip to india <laughs> yes this is this is proof of of, uh, that i'm not bullshitting is that like whenever there's a lull in the group i'm like okay here's what we're gonna do (laughs) i feel like we were on a bus for a long time we didn't expect i was like we're playing games these are the games we're playing does anybody want to play we were like it was like oh we can go here we can go here and everyone's like um i don't know and i was like we're gonna vote who wants to do this raise your hand and then it happened darren can confirm in the chat and also darren i appreciate you that you're coming because i would love a hat and a sweater and hat and sweaters apocalypse. how else are we gonna that, survive winners honestly that sounds super clutch and important <laughs> i will not say but there is someone else in this house who for valentine's day was given a wonderful starter kit to learn how to knit that was last valentine's day <laughs> and i have yet to get anything <laughs> not even a coffee cozy not even like the, the page one thing put her on blast i didn't name anybody i didn't put anybody on blast you say in this house you don't know where i live you don't know what's going on our fans don't know if anything you just put her on blast wow marcus that was rude i'm gonna let lexi know what you did you said her name <laughs> <laughs> oh good bit Good bit. She's yelling at me from the other room. I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> ask me something. Ask me something so I can rave about my wonderful, loving girlfriend. Um, what? Uh, on a scale Purpose of one to ten, how I have to live in the zombie apocalypse? My lovely, lovely girlfriend. That's nice. the reason I need to live. Nice, 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 nice. Six, 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 six. You hear that, Lexi? Nick loves Crush you. It, it doesn't Crush matter it. if you don't knit him anything. He'll wear your love <laughs> for warmth. All right, so Marcus, before we get into the color purple, is there anything you've tried new? Is there anything? Oh, so what are we? What are we trying? I, I ever forgot. The what? Nice House on the Lake, volumes nice one and two. James Tinian the fourth. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, you can read them digitally, but like all twelve issues are out. It's just volume two, the physical copy hasn't been released yet. So if gross. you want to like buy it, you can buy the first one, but not the second one. That's gross. I know it's gross. How am I supposed to read it? All right, I'll figure it out. So what's up? What's going on? Have I tried anything new? Yeah. What have I tried new? I feel like I've been just really like doing a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? Just doing a Are, lot of emotional work, a oh, lot okay. of growth, a lot of okay. analyzing what you contribute to certain problems that you're having. You know, I've been not playing Pokemon Scarlet at all. I'm sorry <laughs> to those who are offended by that. I no, I don't mean anything personal by it. It's not an attack. I just wasn't I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Nikki on blast. Marcus is out here saying like he's on his like spiritual journey of to like life, and you're like, yeah, but you haven't played Pokemon with 
That's very funny. I feel like because he's serious. I, you know, hundred percent. I'm. I do like because of how much Nikki loves Pokemon. I am genuinely like saddened by the fact that i did not like that game i was like yeah when i sucks. when i had to really come to like you were there we played online like one time i was yeah. like i just i just can't and i you i, 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 I was forcing it. myself to play it because you like it andrew likes it nikki likes it and i wanted to play with you guys but yeah it just wasn't for it, me I, it was so which is so wild because you were there for arceus you were there mm-hmm. you were on the ride yeah i feel like with arceus i was like if they do if they improve these things in the next one i'm all in and they they didn't and so i was stuck by my word yeah i hear you I, i'm excited for the dlc i think <laughs> uh, no please if you're not here to roast us in the chat what the hell are you doing here please continue. <laughs> but no i i hear you it's 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 so funny because like I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm I literally have Pokemon Radical Red like o- like opened up Open. here on this <laughs> g- game cartridge next to me. I- I'm enjoying that more than I have enjoyed Scarlet and Violet. I very much like Scarlet and Violet, but th- there are problems, and, mm-hmm. I- and and mainly it felt like it felt like a lack of want for me. I don't mm-hmm. know. You'd speak on your own, but as I'm watching Lexi play. A breath of the wild i'm just like it's just so dumb that we have a, we got a pokemon game that looks and feels like it's on the wii when we're on switch era and it's just like and i'm not talking about the technical stuff like that contributes to it i'm just yeah. talking like the no voice acting the like yeah the like the like lack of side missions like why isn't there a whole mm-hmm. side log with all the why aren't i helping a growlith out of a tree and helping like some yeah. girl bond with their side duck and like yeah like real rpg things like this is an rpg it shouldn't feel like maintenance maintenance quest the game yeah. like yeah. making sure to do everything and and we've we've both have also played a few like fan-made games that are in the style of old pokemon which don't the graphics don't matter like yeah. there's no voice acting either but there's just like a sense of love and passion that I feel like is really in those fan main games too, that I feel like even yeah. if Pokemon went back to that style, like that'd be fun too in its own way and could be interesting, be. but, I, but only if they really care and, and, and try. I literally said the other day, I understand they don't like Nuzlocke, and I don't, I understand they don't like fan games. They shouldn't, I get it. it they break yeah. into their like money stuff, but if they released a game like radical red, a small, easy, they can make a game like Radical Red in their sleep with the mm-hmm. tech and the people they have. They just have no interest in doing it, I guess, yeah. which is Seems, so I mean, weird. look, I always cite Sonic the Hedgehog. I know it's not like the best game franchise or whatever, but Sega was flopping a lot of Sonic games back to back to back. And they hired a They're bunch still of flopping Sonic games, dude. And they, they hired fan people who were making fan games and were making them well and understood what Sonic was. Oh. And they hired them to make... Oh which is the best-selling Sonic game of recent years. Generations? No, or, Sonic or Mania? Mania. Sonic Mania, Mania. yeah. Mm. And, and it killed, and it was great. And yeah. now they, they flubbed oh, yeah. again with Sonic Frontiers or whatever. Mania but. is literally what I just described. They just made a good version of the old game. Yeah, that's all they did. That's all That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. And they didn't even do it. Do. They just hired fans who made the other ones to just make it again. Just fucking... Yeah. They wow. do that too. That's crazy. Well, give me one gripe. Give me the one biggest thing, because we can talk about the voice acting. We can talk about the like the lack of things. But like, what's what's the one thing is is just I guess you already said it. It's just like lack of heart. It's just that, feels that's like the no biggest thing for game. me. Yeah. 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 Because I don't care about graphics. I don't care. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff that I'm willing to forgive. 
but it, it even just felt quality like a, of life's issues and stuff yeah it just felt like that. a chore and, and 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 that could just be a lot of people are enjoying the game this is one of the highest selling pokemon games ever so like i you know i'm in the minority here i feel so it just wasn't for me and and that's it that's okay i will say i teach kids how to play pokemon at one of my jobs right so i literally get to see what a six and eight year old are like playing pokemon mm. so you know what their favorite thing about those games is what catching pokemon well, no not catching pokemon not grinding walking not around the story riding Maridon and Coridon around that is the thing they love the most and i would say that that's the best part about the game yeah uh, like that feels the coolest yeah but it feels like they're on a pokemon adventure yeah but like all the other stuff, it feels like well, the other day, the sister was behind the brother. So I had to, while the lesson was going on, I was like throwing her Pokemon and like training them for her because it felt like such a chore for her mm-hmm. so she can like catch up. They don't, it's not, I don't, I don't think Pokemon knows what they got anymore. Yeah. I think they I, just don't it, know. I, I mean, a quick thing and then we can continue. But I was, we were just talking about Shin Megami Tensei before the podcast started. And Shin Megami Tensei has split their franchise into two series, Persona and Shin Megami Tensei. So Shin Megami Tensei oh. is harder and Persona is easier. And so a lot of people like Persona more because it is the easier game. And Shin Megami Tensei is just made to be dif- a difficult, challenging JRPG. They're functionally very similar with minor differences, but the main difference mm. is the difficulties. And I think Pokemon could easily both. do something like that. But they yeah. make both. Pokemon can split into two teams, have Pokemon whatever, darkness or something, like Pokemon, some kind of label, EX, that differentiates it as being like EX, a yeah. more mature Pokemon franchise, and then have yeah. regular Pokemon that just is for everybody else. And it doesn't have to be adult. You you don't I don't need cursing and death. I no, just no, 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 no. the gameplay. Just yes. the game. Yes. Just how we play. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Wow, great point. All right, Marcus, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we get to the color purple? Did you try anything new? Nope. Okay, great. Let's get to the <laughs> color purple then. Currently, I am watching the Scream movies. If yes. we have any fans that are, are catch this on the later and would like us to do a Scream retrospective, literally watching them all right now. So that's something Hell we yeah. can totally do. But I have watched one and I've watched two. Hell yeah. And let me, I'll give you two sentences about each. Scream one, honestly, really iconic really well-made movie a great entry to the horror franchise deep dives into exactly what makes a horror movie a horror movie and it ages pretty good yeah there's a couple little cringe moments because of the time but overall not really even like matthew lillard and rose burns like over the top like acting Mm -hmm. it fits it works like i'm i'm okay with it dream two bad it's bad it's a bad movie it's not a great movie it's not great and I accidentally w- swore that the killers were the two sorority girls because I thought I had seen it on TV. Uh-huh. But the girl in there is an urban legend. Oh, and I confused yes, it the yes, whole yes, time. Yes. So I thought I knew the ending of the movie the whole time and I didn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It doesn't mean it was satisfying. It was still unsatisfying. I did not mm-hmm. love that movie. And Joseph said three is the worst. So I'm not excited yeah. to get there. But I am excited to get past that so we can watch six. I'm excited to watch six. I think maybe, I don't know, maybe we come back that week and we do an episode on Scream 6 slash PAX East or something. Oh, that like sounds that. like a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Just so, so we can idea. joke around and catch up and have But without further silly. ado, 
This is the Patreon powered episode, 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 episode. And this wee month, the fans have chosen The Color Purple, the 1985 film, which was just directed by Steven Spielberg and written by Menno Mayash's. And based off the 1982 Pulitzer Prize winning novel by Alice Walker of the same name, Marcus. 1982. That's a fast turnaround. Yeah, that's like. Oh, wait, psycho. or when did the Pulitzer Prize in 1982? I no, no, you... it was written in 1982. Yeah. That's three year that's turnaround on a Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. film? That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I'm is impressed. pretty good. Marcus, what is. You... Have you ever seen this movie? I've never seen this movie, but I've seen the musical, mm, so which I think they're the making a, a movie, movie version yeah. of. Yeah. I just saw they cast her in it and Corey Hawkins, who played Benny in In the Heights. He was mm, one of the okay. best parts of that movie. So exciting. Cool. Yeah, that's it. So I, I'm not even then I I have this thing where I can't remember plots of musicals that I go see if I only see them one time. So I sure. went to go see The Color Purple. And to me, it was not like, you know, this irreverent thing in my brain that I had. Oh, sure. So I just kind of forgot what the plot was. I was like, OK, abuse. And then you sing in between. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah. that, that, that must be what the stage music that's what the is. musical wow. is <laughs> yeah wow that's crazy all i knew about it is i knew it was a spielberg movie i knew whoopi goldberg and oprah were in it and that's it that's all mm-hmm. i knew oh and i knew that it was uh one of our friends tizam's favorite film yes followed very closely by dream girls but number one is the color purple and we always meant to watch it over the pandemic because we were living each other uh, at the time of the pandemic. Yeah. But we never quite got to it, probably because we were in sad times and we didn't want to be that sad again. It was hard <laughs> to watch sad things during the pandemic. It was tough. It was really tough. There was a lot of I thought I would catch up on so many like Oscar uh, intense drama movies and mm-hmm. I barely watched any. Yeah. I watched Smash again. The two <laughs> seasons of Smash from TV. I kept wanting to watch horror movies, but it was hard. It was just hard emotionally. Just to talk about what the movie is really quick, we follow Selly through most of her life from a young, young, from a, from a kid until, you know, into her older age. Yeah. And the it movie starts off with her so young that no, I don't know what age she is at the I end of it. I don't know what age she was at the beginning either. Yeah. We could do young. the math because it ends young. in 1937, I think. Too young. Well, also, it's also hard because at the end of the movie, she looked like she was supposed to be like 50 or 60, but not that many years went by either. So, yeah. like, I don't I'm not sure. She was 14 when the movie started. And then right? but I don't know what year it was when the movie started. Otherwise, we could math it out. It's like 19. I think it was 1909. Right. It so. was the placard that came on the screen, mm. which does. I guess that makes sense. Either way, it doesn't matter. So she was young and then she got hold. That was her move. That yeah, was the yeah. movie. It was it was early the early 20th centuries down in Georgia. And wow. So trigger warning for this episode of this podcast, because I don't, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it. But this mm-hmm. movie is about and this is me speaking from watching the movie one time. This movie is about what a black woman would have to go through in this era of time. Yeah, some of the horrors and atrocities they would face in their daily life. Yeah, I think that's the first thing that struck me about this movie. This movie is about some heavy stuff, right? Heavy, heavy, heavy things. Words I don't even want to say, but it it didn't feel the movie 
it felt like was making a point to say how every day all the things were. Yeah. Which made it even an even harder pill to swallow. Yeah. For me. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I have one very early gripe. And honestly, you, this is one of my please. few gripes with the film. You've said it very well that this movie is about very disturbing things that happen to black women um, every day, especially around this time. And while the main character is talking about some of these very, very horrible things, some of the worst things you will ever hear, they're playing very goofy music. Like Randy huh. Newman, you got a friend in me instrumental behind her saying some of the most vile shit and describing the shit that's happening because to her. she's like it's like a young girl reading from her diary kind of music yeah. but the diary is about yeah the, 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 the badness yeah and it felt like it didn't oh, yeah, have the weight that. that it should have and i get it like it's a mundane everyday thing but then play everyday music. Don't play like do 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 do. Like it was so jarring, and it felt directly tied to Steven Spielberg's Steven Spielbergisms that he has when he directs a film. Sure, sure. Which is funny because the Quincy Jones was a producer on mm -hmm. this film, and he also composed for it. They should not have used that composition for that moment <laughs> sure there's yeah, a few I, moments I, like that too i feel like sometimes like there's a lot of good music in this but it feels like sometimes the choice of music for what was happening felt sillier than what i think it called for huh i i, I totally hear that i felt like i just didn't it was i felt that same way yeah but for me i was assuming it was coming out of a place of ignorance of the music of the time you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, I, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, that's fair. No jazz that's and fair. Blues and things like this. Yeah. But, yeah. but the music definitely felt like it was an important part of it. And anytime it felt, cause I also noted clocked those moments where I was like, well, that seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just assumed I was like, well, I must not know something about this. And no, I think, I think it's just bad. Oh, maybe. Choice, because they do it right in other parts of the film, you know? Yeah. 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 So, and some of the music in this music, this movie is brilliant. Yeah. But that those instances I did not enjoy, especially hearing how hard, you know, this woman's life was. It could, it could have, she could have just worked a little bit better. It took me out of the moment. I hear you. For me, the crazy thing is that this beginning of this film is. So listen, even though this is a critically acclaimed film and it's about very important stuff, I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm going to say how I really feel the whole time about it. OK. When this movie started, I was confused and like out of it like i thought like what is this movie like they the way they throw you right in the way it felt it felt like uh i i just didn't it got it got right to it so hard mm -hmm. so much and later i realized that they just they just wanted to get through that to get to the story they wanted to tell later yeah. right and yeah. it felt like that at the beginning that's but a good once, point but once you got past that once and, and it was it wasn't a knock on the actresses when they're young, because I actually thought they did pretty good. It was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. But once they got we got past the young person bit, I felt like the movie really started for me. Like then I was Same. really like I was really connecting with the characters. Yeah. I was really like understanding where they were coming from, what how they were living, what they were doing. 
maybe it was just hard for me to watch at the beginning is all it was like because it was just so it was not it was almost cartoony in how awful it was which made it feel even more demonic and evil does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. it felt it was so it was it's hard because the things that we're talking about and that were happening were so vile and so hard to get through like I was telling you before, I was like, I, I can't, I almost couldn't get through the challenge just because of the first like 20 yeah. minutes of the movie. It really is. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's not treated with the weight of everything else in the movie. And I don't know if that's because they wanted to talk about it and respect the book and respect the events, but not yeah. really dig into it. Or if they just wanted to speed run trauma so that way they could get to Whoopi Goldberg on screen. Like, I don't know the reasoning behind it, but you're right. It felt rushed. Yeah. Well, I will say, I think we should feel a little vindicated because, well, one, I don't think it was to get with Whoopi Goldberg. She wasn't anybody before this. We'll talk about that, but she wasn't That's anybody true. before yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the NAACP, some chapters of it boycotted it because of the betrayal here at the beginning of the film. So, like, we're not the only ones that had a problem uh, with okay. some of the way things were, like, shaped and things like that. And also, this was more to talk about the LGBTQ plus aspect of the movie. Mm-hmm. But Steven Spielberg, in interviews later, admitted that he did pull his punches in this movie. And he did that on purpose because he knew he couldn't otherwise get a PG-13 rating. Uh, okay. that was and because steven spielberg is also a producer and he knows that like as much he could he could have made a a way more graphic way darker way more r-rated movie he could have but then more than not less people would see it yeah and he wanted more people to see it because he said it was important you know yeah Uh, it's very interesting Uh, every little bit of spielberg that i saw talking about he was very like yeah i'm really glad i made it but like complicated like was i the right guy I don't know. I, I thought I shouldn't even have taken it. You know, yeah. colored people said, uh, sorry, colored. Uh, they said color, a colored person should have made this movie. But then other people said it wouldn't have gotten made if I didn't. So I'm so he's like, but, uh, you know, I, I did what I could. I feel like I, I failed some aspects of it. I'm proud of others. And I was like, and I was like, huh, all right, that's fair. You know, I guess, you know, I, it's hard. How do you like you, you also can't like shit on the movie you've made and it's an important movie, but also he has to like admit that he's. Super yeah, white. no, I, I think I don't, I don't want to say Steven Spielberg is a good dude, but everything I've heard from him, he seems aware of what's going on and he's trying to do the right thing, which right. I think is good. Yeah, but then you know he did just also direct West Side Story, so <laughs> where, where lessons learned, I don't know. I guess uh, to be fair, half that movie's white, right? I guess to be fair, half of that movie's white. That's the point. But I, 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 it's also interesting because I feel like Steven Spielberg is one of those guys that, like, you put him on a project, it brings people to the project, and then more people are seeing minorities, and more minorities are being hired. Like, there's there's arguments yeah. to be made. I could see, and also Spielberg is a very good director, right? Like he's the reason he is he, there is because he can make a good film. He was a good director for sure. I, well, the 1985. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, During this time, he's a this great is, director. This is prime. This is he's prime, a great director. You know? I just think the Spielbergisms I no longer enjoy. I think that they have are very like it's a very time oh, and place sure. thing because of how many movies he directed, because of how yeah. many times people have rewatched those same movies. It feels yeah. like 
not a cliche or trope, but it feels like, oh, this is Steven Spielberg directing like something that would come on on channel on local TV at like in the afternoon. You know, yeah. he's got that kind of directing style that I think is good and, and, and good for storytelling, but it, it has like a hopeful playfulness that I don't care for as much anymore in my movies. Oh, I hear that. And whilst it is very apropos for something a la dinosaurs chasing you through a park, mm -hmm. maybe not for a movie about Sealy. <laughs> yes. Here. That's well put. Agreed. Well, once we got started, though, mm -hmm. once we got past this uh, point and we can go back and talk about anything you'd like. But for me, that's that's most of the beginning. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the rest of the movie. <laughs> once we'll be once we shows get up. past that and we see Sealy as an adult, not a oh God, she's not even a freaking adult. She's like, no, she's 20, not an adult. 22 or something. Not even but at the what, time. Right. I don't know. I it's hard. It it's hard to later. check. She has the kid at 14. So the movie started before she was 14 because you see that happen. And I thought it was 10 years later after that. But maybe, oh, it maybe, maybe it was. I don't know. Honestly, complain about the movie. Time wise, this movie did not care to explain to me time at all. <laughs> I, I was mean, so lost time wise. They showed so it many on times. the screen. I just was never. It never felt at a moment where I was ready to get information. It felt no. like, oh, no, this traumatic thing happened. 1937. You're like, ah, what? No, I don't also, care. That, you know what that does? That makes you do math as the audience <laughs> member. And I'm like, oh, OK, so she would be. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. She's got gray hair now. I don't care. Whatever. OK, fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what happened. I would see the year start doing math and then things would happen. And I was like, well, no, I want to see what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But once we see, gosh, so the fact that she had to marry Mr. Danny Al Glover, Albert, Albert. Danny, <laughs> Danny Glover, first of all, all while, like, I, I don't even know how to talk to speak on everything except to say wild, because <laughs> I, I know it's I know it's real. I know it happens. I know it still mm -hmm. happens. I know mm -hmm. some of this stuff is crazy. And I'm not even talking about the trauma stuff. I'm just talking about the logistics of like the way things were in the 1910s in the south it's just crazy yeah there's a lot of really messed up things that happen i feel like it's this movie does a good job of showing that like especially at the time and still today that like it's it's difficult being black it's difficult being a black woman and yeah. like this this movie shows it. it shows a black woman's life and how she's kind of like looked down upon by all the white people in society and then goes home to her or not really allowed to go anywhere but is home with her husband and her family which are supposed to be the one place where she feels welcomed and feels like she has community and yeah. her husband is beating her yeah that's that's the least of it right yeah. she has to do everything it's crazy but Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what your introduction to Whoopi Goldberg was, but can I explain to you mine? Okay. I remember when I was a kid, the first time I re can recall, maybe I saw Sister Act before this, I don't know. But the first time I can recall knowing that Whoopi Goldberg was Whoopi Goldberg, maybe I saw Sister Act, but I probably only saw it as that. And she's so good that I didn't see her mm -hmm. as Whoopi Goldberg, the person, the icon, the famous person. The first time I remember seeing Whoopi was in that movie where she becomes Santa Claus. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Where the end no. of the movie ends with Whoopi Goldberg becoming 
Santa? I, I'm looking at her IMDb and I do not see that movie. Hold on, hold on. I gotta find it because I uh she uh I'm not making this up. There is no, a movie no, I believe you. Where I don't I just know it ends up she is there sitting on a park bench with Santa Claus's hat, <laughs> contemplating whether or not she wants to become santa <laughs> oh my not like God. a version of santa santa and it was just that is that is whoopi goldberg in my head uh-huh she's oh, santa she claus. was fantasy in the page master oh okay she was in ghost too that's that's pretty well ghost role. is where she got her oscar yeah i forgot she yeah. won an oscar she got nominated for she's an egot baby oh Dude, come yeah. on whoopi Whoopi's a giga. she got all of it come on what are you talking about i know Respect she's in the lion king for the whoop respect for the the new one no she was in the original oh, no, she's one of the she's the hyena yeah yeah she's she, she, her career is iconic and it started and with I, color purple i know she was a stand-up before this yeah because uh, i was watching her she played god in a very muppets uh christmas a very Carol, merry muppets christmas Carol, and yeah. a cheshire cat in alice in wonderland oh my god that's crazy yeah, yeah. the thing she's done is crazy i'm still trying to find the long walk home no I, uh, I started Homer watching anything. like an in, one hour long documentary thing. Did you watch that about the I watched making the of first Color Purple? Five minutes and then uh, we were on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were saying that she, you know, she really wanted the role, that she was just a stand up comedian before this and, and didn't know anything about it. But like she got it. She was in a movie called Theodore Rex where she's standing next yes, to a, a dinosaur. Rex. Yeah, she's like a cop or something. It's a buddy cop sci-fi comedy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm still trying to find this Christmas thing. Yeah. And the same thing with Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey was a reporter at the time. She wasn't the Oprah Winfrey that we know now. Radio and TV host. Yeah. But yeah. not the like with her own show and stuff. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. She, I mean, she was she, the one. She was the one who in the interviews was like, I'm just I was just a reporter at the time. And apparently she had like went to a like health camp, which is just, you know, a, a, an adult fat camp. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I found it. It's called, it called Call Me Claus. And the poster is her sitting on Santa's lap. Oh, the movie involves yeah. Santa Claus, who needs a replacement Santa after serving his 200 year reign. He decides on Lucy Cullen's Whoopi Goldberg, an eccentric, grouchy shopping network executive who hires him to promote Christmas decorations and presents on the network. That's awesome. It's from the Hallmark Channel. I'm going to go watch this. But um, Oprah really wanted the role, too. And she wasn't really like an actress or anything. And she fought for it and she got it too and it's interesting that these two like no name kind of like not no name but like these two people that weren't known in the They're acting community got the role and and honestly killed it and went on to be listen Household i names. think i think Whoopi shows her age a little bit on the view sometimes because she's supposed to be the most left on that panel on that show. And sometimes she's she's very, very uh, boomeresque with some mm -hmm. of her leftist views. But besides that aspect of her, I love Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. I, I Listen, I'm sure you could show me a whole bunch of problematic stuff because she's oh, been around for so long. 100%. And I'm sure she's like she's put her foot in her mouth a dozen times. Didn't she just do something really recently where she had to apologize? Probably. She said somebody wasn't racist or something. She said all it. these people apologize all the time. She and said it, it was some, it was a big one. It was I'm a not big gaffe. Blanket. Does endorsement anyone remember of anybody? Whoopi Goldberg said somebody 
Did she say the Holocaust wasn't racist? She oh said something God. bad. It was big. She said very recently she said a, a big bad thing. I'm not gonna go down a YouTube rabbit hole. But and regardless of any of this, I love Whoopi. I'm always happy to see her. I ever since call me Claus, call me a Whoopi fan. <laughs> I support you and your endeavors. I I think I like Whoopi Goldberg, and I think in this movie she did a great job. Oh, that Rob's here. And he, I was right. It's about the Holocaust. Yeah. It was a uh, no laughs. Double downing on Holocaust. What did she say about the Holocaust? Okay, oh, now I, got, I can't read this. I can't read this right now. I can't read this. I can't uh, read. She it. apologized. No, oh, Nick, don't read it. Come on. <laughs> did you get? Did you get it? So okay, whatever. Fine. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'll read it later. Thanks, old man, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Whoopi Goldberg. Wow. As soon as she was on screen, as soon as she was on screen and being playful, mm-hmm. as trying to be this person that is clearly traumatized and has a, like a i don't know a, a regressive personality is that like how you would phrase it like she's mm-hmm. she's acting like she yeah, hasn't yeah, yeah. Grown childlike up, right yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. she has been stunted because mm-hmm. of all the things she's gone through she portrays it so well like yeah. i think my biggest criticism for this movie honestly isn't any other stuff we talked about it's i didn't see enough of Whoopi goldberg like they showed her and yeah. she was always there, but they dealt with so much other stuff, which was interesting. And I like some of mm-hmm. the other people and I like some of the other stories, but like I wanted more Celie. I wanted more in her mind and what she was going through. I wanted more with her learning how to stand up on her own two feet. She got there. Yeah. And I know how she got there, but I didn't see it the whole time I was watching this movie. I was like, I, I wish this was a TV show. Because I want to see her getting these small victories of finding her mm. own voice. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she played it so well. Yeah. That's, you know. I think she did a great job. I think this would also work as a miniseries, for sure. Yeah. You know? It feels th- like a BBC would. miniseries yeah, or Yeah, you can make right? it longer, for sure. But I, I enjoyed it, too. And it's one of those things that I feel like you could tell it was adapted from a book where, like, all of that stuff, you would have re- been reading her inner thoughts but you don't get to see that. So you just have to see what she's actually doing. And it's not as necessarily engaging as, you know, if you yeah. could know what she was thinking at the time. Yeah. We get small snippets, like how she interacts with the kids, how she mm-hmm. interacts with Mr. How, you know, how she interacts with Sophia and how she interacts with Shug and all these things. But like on her own, what she did day to day, it like I don't know if the movie didn't have time for it, didn't have yeah. interest in it, but I did. I wanted to see yeah. that stuff. Like I don't, listen, I'm not a filmmaker, so this is probably not what you should have made. But like, I wanted a little more melancholy from like seeing her going and picking yeah. up the eggs, her, seeing how she had to set up this kitchen, seeing like what she did in the in between, mm-hmm. seeing like you know, God forbid, her like making sure to like knit extra long to like be out of the bed like i know those are horrible things but like i I wanted to see the journey she was on and i felt like the movie was so crammed with so many things that i loved i liked a lot of the things it was crammed with i wanted more her i wanted more her i i agree with that i think that it was a lot of stuff happening around her and it makes sense right given her personality given what she's going through she's going to kind of be more reserved and she's it's these events that kind of happen around her that get her out of her shell and get her to stand her up for herself by the end of the film. And I didn't hate it because it was yeah. interesting to see Oprah. I thought Oprah was going to play a much bigger role uh, than she did. Same. There were a lot of things I assumed about the movie because it's such a classic that actually watching it 
was like, oh, that's different than I thought. Oprah's super interesting because the first time I ever saw her act was in Selma over the pandemic. I believe I watched it with T uh, and she has a very, very powerful moment in that film, but she's only in it for yeah 10 minutes. Yeah. And in this one, she's there for like 20. But again, the lasting impact of her character on here was like crazy good. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was going to say that like, it's also interesting watching this film sort of in a time, not in a time, but like a lot of media is criticized for, exploiting black stories or exploiting stories of minorities there where you're watching just like the most vile painful shit happen to somebody with no like upbeat in the story to be like ah, but it's not that terrible all the time or like there is hope kind of note in a film i don't know whether that's called darren probably knows if you're still listening but that that kind of thing you see a lot of that exploitation happening in films, in in TV shows and things like that. And so it is this felt kind of a little bit like that, especially having with the with a right white director and stuff like that. But then again, seeing how important this movie is in the black community with, you know, T giving it to us as a challenge and like growing up in the Bronx and around a lot of black families that like had this movie or watched this movie. And, and I knew about this movie a lot from other my friends and them watching it all the time and stuff like that. But I had never watched it myself. So but it's interesting to see that something that like I would have not necessarily thought as an empowering film to watch kind of has made its way through the community and has become that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that is really interesting. And all we can do is is guess and listen about why that is 100 percent. But we don't know. <laughs> but I you know, the movie does do this thing where. It, it feels it feels like almost a magical time and place. And I don't mean that because of the good things or that these terrible things can't really happen. I mean, magical is in like there's like almost a sense of wonder and longing about wanting to see these people succeed. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's it's the natural charisma and the natural, you know, loveliness of some of these people on screen of how like we want to see them Sophia specifically like Oprah, right? As soon as she comes on screen to meet Mr. To meet the father of her lover. And immediately she is a badass woman, woman. She is freaking great. Yeah. And seeing her journey and to the point of like where she leaves because her husband keeps hitting her mm -hmm. and she won't stand for it. All the way up until she stands up for herself in that moment later in the film, like she is just like this dynamic force that you're just rooting for. You're hoping the best, you, yeah. you know, but then also on the other side, you got Celie, who you're like also rooting for and like hoping for yeah. the best. And like yeah. there's I think this I think we all have a Celie in our lives and a Sophia in our lives. Right. Like, yeah, I, I, like taking a taking away the the specificnesses of this film. I think we all it's a very human story. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, having hoping for strength in moments of fortitude and not able to do the thing that we know we got to do. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's why those, these things are so impactful. Yeah. hundred you know? percent. Uh, Darren says she thinks that Oprah's character did a lot to offset that the Cecilia's trouble was limited to the society she lived in, but family she had Sophia had a support system and love in her life and self-confidence. She ended up being punished for it. But it was seeing Celia come into herself that brought her Celie. joy back. Celie, sorry. 
I think the portrayal of joy is so important in media like that. So yeah, I think that same, yeah, like we were kind of talking about earlier where we had this, like, it could be negative. It could be about like slavery and beating and, and like pain and, and harsh all the time. And you can be beaten over the head with it. But I think that this movie has a lot of hope. And even though like the journey kind of, you know, ebbs and flows a little bit um, and it's not entirely up or down, I think does a lot for the film to make it something that's rewatchable and enjoyable in spite of all the bad things that are happening. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's a criticism of media, like a uh, 12 years a slave, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched that film. It's a very yeah. good film, but it is what you're describing where it's yeah. 12 years as a slave. And that yeah. is the movie. Yeah. You know, and this movie is, that's not what this movie is about. This movie mm-hmm. is not a trauma dump. It is not trying to say everything's wrong in the world. It's trying to say there's horrors in this world and we live our lives in spite of them. You know, all yeah. these people live. It's weird because this movie felt like it felt really long and really short at the same time, you know, for me. I agree. Like it, it was a long film, but it also like I did want more, but also mm-hmm. I was glad when we were done. So it was, it was like a funny experience that way. Yeah. But I think the way all these people, it, it, they felt fleshed out. They felt lived in. They felt like an aunt and an uncle mm-hmm. and a cousin and a sister and a brother and yeah. a mom and a dad, like some specifics I found in like all these characters as we were going along. And it really, really helped me like really gravitate towards a lot of these people. Yeah. They all felt like they had lives before the film started, which yeah. I think is so hard to do. Like it feels like sometimes so when you're watching a movie, it feels like, okay, this character just blipped into existence and they don't exist outside of this film. This is not a real person. These all felt like real people. Well, Marcus, did you feel like having all those people in this film distracted you from paying attention to specifics happening in the movie? I missed everything in the movie. Well, let's find out what. Roll the game. We're playing a clip. Roll the clip. Now try this trivia. Now try this trivia. Now trivia. Now trivia. Now trivia this. Okay, and we're back. All right, Marcus, this is now trivia this, the color purple. This game is brought to you by our patron t he made this game he gave he us did, 10 really i yep i have no idea what any of this game is <laughs> wow and there are there are there are 10 questions here 10 multiple choice questions and we can either play apart or together it's up to you let's play you together let's play together okay fine fine i would have crushed you 100 percent. good for you good for you <laughs> uh there's 10 questions here he i have the answers we're gonna go through them and by looking at the first one he either made this way too easy or there's a curve to it so we'll find out how this goes uh t thank you so much for giving uh, this game and please play along at home in the chat and also if you you know if you're a patron and you want to make a game just just do it (laughs) and if you challenge wins and you want to make a game we'll we'll try it honestly a (laughs) hundred percent to save us the time uh i framed it that way too i was like t like you made the the challenge like I, i'm sure you want to make a game for it too right like that's totally something you want to wow. do wow nick wow <laughs> that's how i phrase i said if you got time you can don't worry about it if you don't this is honestly this also felt like a movie where i didn't feel comfortable making it oh 100 myself 100 like, what, 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 what do i have to say well i'm not gonna challenge the challenge you. giver making the game for this movie and movies like this yes 100 100 first question the color purple is directed by a I won't give letters. I'm just say the four directors is directed by Ridley Scott. This is is this a game for babies? <laughs> I don't know. Steven Spielberg. I would Peter, watch Ridley Scott's The Color Purple. You I, haven't heard the last two. 
Okay. Peter Weir. Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping you knew. Peter Weir. He's an Australian film director who directed The Truman Show and Dead Poets Society. Oh, okay. I've seen those. All right. I okay. Uh and Robert Zemeckis. I would watch Ridley Scott color purple. That movie. I would, would watch Ridley fun. Scott direct anything. I would watch Ridley Scott direct. That anything. man is great. He can direct. Okay. He can. He also can not direct as well. So he is a 50-50 kind of guy. He is straight up That's a 50-50 fair. kind of That's guy. Fair. <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking alien, you know, Ridley Scott. Classic Ridley Scott. And and like Gladiator, right? I don't know. Yeah, gl- the Gladiator. Yeah, and I'm thinking Runner. Alien. Alien's beautiful, and Blade but there's Runner. also Prometheus. I kind of like Prometheus, but, but he didn't write it. There's the Prometheus last was duel, good looking. The House of Gucci. I mean, you know, did he did he make those? Did he write those? It's not his fault. He just directed. They're they are under his thing. So fair oh, enough. I did The Martian. I like The Martian. Okay, this is clearly Steven Spielberg. Maybe they get harder. Okay, play at home. That's number Steven one. Spielberg. I, don't, I will not even look at the answer. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Okay. What year does the film begin in? Oh, no. We just proof that we do not know this. I think I do know this. 1902, 1909, 1918, 1920. 1909. Yes, totally 1909, okay. right? Uh, yes, 1909. Yeah. Right. All right. Two for two. Where right. Ah, Okay. This is getting a little harder. Let's see. Let's see. Nick, when I fart on the on on the podcast, can you hear it? Oh, uh, let me hear. It. Yes. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. What is the name given to Celie's daughter by her new parents? Olivia, Suzanne, Pauline, Nettie. It's Pauline, right? Hold on, though. I know it's not Nettie because that's the sister. Olivia's the and real it name. Shouldn't be Olivia because it's real name. But there is that scene where the where the new mom tries to say she gave her the name Olivia. And I don't remember what her actual name is that I think she it was Pauline. Is it Pauline? Yeah, I think it's Pauline. All right, we'll go with your answer, but it could clearly be wrong. But it's not. It's Pauline. Good job. Right, Pauline, three three. Pauline. 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 Beautiful. How long was Sophia in prison? Can we just talk really quick? That like 20 I didn't, years? I was freaking shocketh when there was a time jump after she hit that person. I know. I was so shocked. I know. And it was so heartbreaking. Like the mob descended on her and she that was, so hard. was just trying to defend herself. And she had this like can do confident woman that was mm-hmm. just being out of her by her ex-husband and society and just that's so heartbreaking. That like, did you realize though that that was the mayor and the mayor's wife? Yeah, I didn't. So uh, I was a little confused. They said it was. I, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do do you? I'm sorry. Hold on. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't know I was dealing with Marcus. Marcus, the king of cinema. I remember every time he the, watches I everything. The baby's remembers name was Pauline. every word spoken I've by got a every mind character like a steel trap. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Like I'm so sorry. Trap. I am bowing. I am they, bowing. They made a big deal about bowing. it. He went, I am the mayor. Here's my mayor deed. Okay, I was playing Pokemon <laughs> at that moment. What are you going to do, okay? You going to beat me about it? What? A, whatever. Come on. Get and out of here. Everyone bowed and said, oh, yes, mayor. Thank you for visiting, mayor. And then they sing that song, I am the mayor. <laughs> yeah, I am the mayor. Song and dance. You missed it. 
All right. Number four. How long was Sophia in prison? Two years, four years, six years, eight years. I sure said 20 did. years. So I am 100% wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was eight years. This one's going to uh, be But it you, seemed but... like way more. They made her age a lot. That's true. I thought it was 20 years because she, one of her kids was like a, a grown adult. And I was like, oh, fuck. She, she oh, was like, nice was so to sad. meet your mama. That was so sad. That was so sad. It was eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Good job. Number five. Where did Albert hide the letters from Nettie? They were in a box that was under a floorboard. Like in a, I don't know. Under what the floorboard. Options. Okay. In a chest. No. Inside his mattress. In the mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look at this full old mailbox. You've been looking for letters. They're not in the mailbox. It's like cartoonishly full. Just huge stuff full of envelopes. Uh, I think the floorboard. It is the floorboard. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, Yes. Under the floorboard. Very interesting how Sugar and her were like searching through stuff. That was an interesting part of the film. Yeah, me. yeah. Because I, I, I was, because at that point in the film, we're, I don't know if you felt the same, but it was just like, you know, what, I'm going to talk about it later. I have, I have more to say about it. I'm going to talk about that later. Okay. Number six. Where does Suge Avery say, what does Suge Avery say to her father when they finally reconcile? One, see, daddy, sinners have soul too. I love you, daddy. I missed you, daddy. Singers have soul too. Sinners have soul too. The sequel to Sinners Have Soul. Oh, T does bring up a point where he did say he she he would kill her if she checked the mailbox. So yeah. I guess that is as good of a hiding place as Eddie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was See Daddy, Sinners Have Soul too. Again, powerful moment. We'll talk more about it later. But uh, I would watch a movie called Sinners Have Soul. Wow. So would I. Right? So would I. So what book does Seely and Nettie read together? Oliver Twist? Hold on. I didn't read the choices. Okay. Is it A, Oliver Twist? (laughs) (laughs) B, Moby Dick? Mm -hmm. C, The Swiss Family Robinson? Or D, Little Little Women? I'm going to say Oliver Twist. Love that movie. I'm going to say Oliver Twist. I'm going to give you Little Women soon. I just watched a retrospective about it. I'm making, we're going to watch that movie soon. But yes, Oliver Twist is my guess as well. And it was. Cool. Mm -hmm. Three left. T, you can't get me. I pay attention. Nick said it himself. He admitted. I notice every little detail. You can't get it past me. And while I'm playing my Switch. (laughs) That's what ADD does, baby. I also am reading question nine before we get there. And I'm like, I do not understand this question at all. But before that is eight, which is who is responsible for Celie and Nettie's reunion? Suge Avery, Sophia, Harpo, which is a cool name, or Albert? Uh, Harpo is Oprah Somehow, backwards. I would say everyone's responsible because they all have colored Seely's life along the way. But if you're asking me who paid for it, it was Albert. Wait, who's responsible for the sister? The reunion, yeah. Okay, I guess Albert. I don't like I, that I, framing of it. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that is what he's going for. He meant okay. just literally like who went to the paid. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Number nine. All her life. Sophia had to fight. I had to fight my brothers. I had to fight 
my cousins. Wow. Since you really I watched this fight. movie, I would have not known exactly. Was that I didn't remember those that line. I know from that movie. from T constantly quoting it all the oh, time. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got called out. All right. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, Every time fight. the color purple comes on, he does his little T does a monologue. He does that monologue. I want to see it now. I don't recall. All right. Finish this line is the last one. See if we can get 10 for 10. Finish this line. I may be poor, black. I may even be ugly, but. Oh, I do. Okay. This is at the end of the film when she's driving away. But I. Oh, no. This is at the dinner table, isn't it? She says it a couple times because she says it. I think as they're driving away, she says something like that, too, if she doesn't say that exactly. Oh, I thought this was the dinner table. Um, but at the dinner table, right she though. says something, too. So I may be poor, black. I may even be ugly. But you ready for the choices? Yeah. But so are you, Albert. So are you. Hmm. But dear God, I'm here. But everything you've done to me, going to be done to you. I think it's that one. But none of that matter now. I think it's the third one. The only reason I want to guess number two is because Cynthia Revio sings a song near the end of the show called I'm Here. Oh, but maybe you're right. You... Maybe that's it. Darren says I'm here also. So let's go with that then. If two people are saying I'm here, then I not because be I remember wrong. it because no. of context clues, not because okay, I remember so then do, do I'm here. Uh, all right. I'm here. Yep. Dear God, I'm here. Nice. That's where the line from the, the song goes. That nice. makes sense. Nice. 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 I was that close. is collectively 10 for 10 for now. Try this. We have crushed your game T. You cannot get past us. We are the best. Killing it, killing it, killing it, killing it. You've killing been defeated it every day, every day, killing it, killing it, killing it every day. And if you day, think you can stump it. us, go on to patreon.com, join the Patreon, give us games. then win the Patreon, then give us a game. <laughs> no, or just not. give us games. Give just us games for any upcoming challenge. We may or may not yeah, use we'll them. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Oh, this line is when she was driving away in the car. Marcus was thinking of another. I was thinking of another line at the dinner table. Okay. So you were right is the end of my statement. <laughs> okay, great, 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 great. Six, 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 six. Okay. Uh, so one of the things that one of those questions made me want to mention really quick is. Suge, Albert. I don't remember. And the letter. Uh, those are the two times you stopped. When we're talking about Suge and Albert and the letter. They were like, oh, we'll talk about that. No, no, pick one of them. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about Suge first, the and then we can talk about the end of the movie. Oh, Suge, really interesting character. Yes. Because she's yes. supposed to be, like, the villain. She's She's got the picture there. Albert clearly feels for her mm-hmm. and is taking it out on Celie and, like, is and then she when she first shows up she's like you're ugly and you know yeah and then she's like throwing food and crap and you're like wow she sucks but then somewhere along the way the movie was like no 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 we're supposed to root for shug yeah and i was like what that's stupid and then by the end i was like wow i was rooting for shug movie yeah 100 it spielberg was i was gonna say this also spielberg originally went to shaka khan and tina turner for the role but but turned it down. He eventually cast veteran actress Margaret Avery. And although she had prior musical experience, her singing voice was dubbed by Tata Vega. Also, another side note, he approached Tito Turner to do the role. And Tito Turner said no, because her relationship was too, it was too close to what she went through with Ike Turner. And so she didn't want to have to relive that on set. And Steven Spielberg said, fair enough. That's, oh, that's harsh. That's mm-hmm. hard. 
Yeah. Uh, hey, would you like to do this memento roll that'll like be amazing? Uh, it already happened to me. Yeah, I did oh. that. Um, I did that. Okay. Oh, cool. I uh, <laughs> mea culpa. I'm gonna see myself. Out. Oh. Yeah, awkward. I imagine having that phone call, like this very public thing that happened to this person, and you being like, "Hey, you want to be in this movie?" And they're like, "No, you fucking idiot." And it's like, ah. Oh, because yeah. of the right, 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 right. Sorry, forgot, forgot. Cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> so, for me, I totally understand the criticism that they could have gone farther in the relationship between Suge and Seely in terms of graphicness, in terms of eroticness, in terms of presenting it to the world. Gosh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Again, it's not something I can really speak on. You know. If somebody wants their representation done a different way, who am I to say anything? For me, I um I I got it. I, I didn't I didn't I wasn't feeling want for more. I wasn't, you know, not because I don't want to see more, but uh, you know, show me whatever you want to show me. But, you know, the way Seely was in this movie, where it was this like this regressive nature to it, this um, you know, her trying to work through a life filled with trauma and trying to find herself. Yeah. You know, I liked how subtle it was mm -hmm. because for me it didn't overshadow Celie's own journey on trying to figure out who she was you know yeah I, I think that their relationship like at the time especially like making them full like fully in a relationship sneaking behind Albert's back or whatever along those lines I think would have been hard to do at the time in a major motion picture it would have and I do do think that they could explore that more in the remake and in future iterations. But I do think that I conceptually got it. I understood how close they were in the little moments when Albert's excited and Celie's just as excited to go see Suge again. Like you, you get moment. their connection, you get their closeness. You know what it was? You know why I'm saying what I'm saying? I think it's because I didn't want to see any more because for me, Celie in that moment was so childlike i agree i think that the reason that it worked was because in that moment with the kiss suge is gentle and caring and and kisses her lightly and then pulls back and is like okay maybe this isn't a, a thing to do and then Celie comes in and then Celie gives the kiss and then it feels like okay this is okay you know because it's yeah. on Celie's terms yeah and i think that's really important to show and then if, if they were in a full-blown secret relationship i think it would have i don't know how it happens in the book if it happens in the book that way cool but for me the movie really worked because i think i was just so invested in Seely figuring it out herself yeah and in that scenario she wouldn't have been figuring it out herself it would have been a love thing it would have been uh chasing after her thing yeah and that's not what i wanted because the story of friendship of sisterhood of womanhood that i got by the end with suge and how they moved how she helped her move away and how they're on the house at the end in that mm -hmm. moment i loved that like yeah. i really loved you know the family part of it you know the fam how they all came together as a found family helped each other through it how yeah. helped each other stand up on their own feet you know i think this movie really nailed that you know mm -hmm. a lot of movies like this will give you that 
safety parachute to like have someone help you to the degree where you're not really like the guy. It almost it's like a it's like a magic fairy tale ending, right? Like a, a fairy tale reason is why it all got fixed. Yeah. But it's like, no, the, the people in this film, the reason they're able to stand up at the end is because they freaking worked really hard to be able to stand up. Yeah. And the movie shows that, you know? Yeah. But then there was the Albert of it all. Now, Albert sucks. Piece you don't shit. have to say uh, why or all the reasons. There's abusive so many piece why. of shit. Just gen- you know, general, all the forms of abuse you can do. Do you wish Suge didn't stop him? Would you have been more satisfied if Seely had slit his throat? No. So it's interesting, right? I, I was thinking about this when we were talking about the movie, because like the whole time, like Darren, the first time, especially when she has the, the razor to her throat, Darren's like screaming, kill him, kill him. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, kill him, kill him, kill him. And then... The second time it happens, she's like, OK, she's going to kill him. And then Suge comes and, and stops her. I thought that that was important that that happened that way. Right. Because one, all the good thing that happened at the end wouldn't have happened because she would have maybe been arrested, gone yeah. to prison and and been put away for God knows how long and been forced to work as a maid for a white family or something. Who knows? Who knows? Crazy what that, that was a punishment that happened from mm-hmm. the courts. So. Yeah. That sucks. And that would have been her fate. And instead, she got this nice ending because she didn't yeah. do that thing. And I feel like in movies, we are tr- and, and especially for people who don't necessarily go through traumatic events themselves, they're trained to be like, kill the person, get rid of them, make them something I don't have to think about anymore. And I can enjoy yeah. the happy ending. But I think with real trauma and real pain, the that person is always a, is still around. The person doesn't die. It's not like a comic book. It's not a, you know, a Marvel movie where the villain dies at the end conveniently and the hero gets to walk away like from the situation that that villain that person that hurt you is still around and and they're always going to exist in the same world that you do and you have to kind of remove yourself from that and get away from the situation which is near impossible a lot of times because you know society doesn't put programs in place to protect people or help people in these situations so it makes it very difficult but I, I, if the movie felt more real because she didn't kill him, because he was still a person that was around in the world. I buy that. Yeah. That's a great reason. Okay, cool. What about you? you did you like it or no, did I you didn't, not like I it? Didn't, I didn't have an opinion. I was asking <laughs> you to give me one and you did. Thank you. I, I will say, though, you Fair also enough. bring about a really interesting thing that I was thinking about a lot during this movie where it was, I don't know if it's a culture thing. I don't know if it's a, just a sense of privilege that I myself have, but I find myself when I watch things like this, that's not true. When I hear from other people whilst watching things like this is there's always this sense of, well, then get out. Well, then leave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, then do yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. about it. I think our culture to a negative has that mentality about things like this. hundred percent. Yeah. That's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just to, I'm, I'm just riffing off of what 100%, you're saying. Yeah. And I, for me, this movie has been one of the few times I've been watching a film where I feel like, I, and I don't even know if it's a conscious decision or they did it on purpose, but it feels like I understand it a bit more. Cause that's I also know, great. you know, as an adult man with all the privilege that I have in my life right now, there's very few things I would stand for, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, not everyone is like that. You know, the fact that it's all family, the fact that they have nowhere else to go, the fact that they have no money, the fact that they were 
trauma trained into these positions. The fact mm. that, you know, this was 1909. The fact that all these things are happening. There's just, you know, today in these situations, like this movie would about been about getting out. You know, when you watch Enough with Jennifer Lopez, that movie is about getting out. Yeah. You're right. And that's what a lot of that's the problem with these movies. The problem with these movies is that they have a clean, happy ending where like the person goes away or is killed or the the woman being hurt or the person being hurt gets revenge. And it's a nice little bow because they get away with it in the end. Like, but that's not how the real world works. Even today, that's not how the real world works. Yeah. And this movie, like the way it deals with family is so interesting because it's felt the most real to me that I've seen mm-hmm. in recent memory because, you know, family for me is something that I can disregard like in my life. I've, but I've, that's a safety mechanism I've trained myself to be able to do because of disappointments. Right. But, you know, usually this is how it actually goes, especially in situations like this, where it's like, family is this um is this thing that you like and there and there's small moments even i mean even even small moments that it's not no i'm just rambling there's moments where like sophia like finally leaves with her family but she's leaving the other half of her family behind but then she comes back Mm -hmm. then she ends up being back there again and then at the end of the movie there's this beautiful shot where they're all standing outside of Celie's home and they're all standing around on the porch and in the front and they're all there the whole family all these people have committed bad things and the only person who's not there is albert but even he is off in the distance watching where it's like that sense of getting out was never a core principle in this movie and i i think that's one reason why i respected it so much it felt so real because of that yeah. it felt so honest yeah you know it wasn't in done art. in a way that was like this is a horror movie and she needs to like escape or, no. or it was just like physically removing yourself from the circumstance that you're in doesn't always help you know a lot of times you're brought back to it a lot of times you have to come back for whatever reason it could be children that you have with the person it could be no other place to go money whatever a lot of times you have to come back and i I, they, they showed that in this film they showed her having to sort of like even though she had the freedom to go to the store you know on her own she couldn't use that as an opportunity to escape because she didn't have anywhere to escape to. Yeah, super complicated. And, you know, it, they do have that moment. They do have that moment at the dinner table where they do get out, mm-hmm. you know, but it felt so earned by yeah. that point that it didn't feel like it was a fairy godmother or a magic safety net. Or I like that. Like another thing. It felt yeah. super earned. Yeah. And it know? wasn't coming. I think a lot of times a movie will have like, oh, there's like the local cop or some man or something will come in and be like, I'm going to fight this guy and show him that like he shouldn't be abusing you. And and yeah. that didn't happen. Like she grew on her own, got out on her own. And like she had friends and people who cared about her that helped her grow. But she did it. And I think that yeah. was really important to show. Gosh, Whoopi really showed growth mm-hmm. growing in this movie because it didn't feel like it jumped it felt like growing it felt yeah. bit by bit she was learning and growing as a person yeah uh, that was so that was so great mark t said in the chat that this movie made him realize how good of an actor danny glover is because he loved to hate him god I, oh my I, god I hate to say it but danny glover was phenomenal i oh I, yeah no he, i didn't i didn't know he could do that i was like i hate this man and he's just like such a lovely 
jovial person in all the other movies I've ever seen him in. Yes. Uh, and in this, he was, you know, nauseating, mm-hmm. nauseating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel I, I feel nauseous thinking about him. No, in this film. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and then just to scoop up towards the end, uh, one small criticism is I felt like it ended six times, but. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I just felt like, you know, I felt like Seely leaving was the ending of the movie. And then I felt like Sophia coming back was the end of the movie. And then I felt like the church scene was the end of the movie. That's... Then the actual end of the movie. I thought Albert just going to the immigration thing was the end of the movie. And then I thought the reunion was the end of the movie. And then I was like, movie you had six endings i get it i was happy to see it all i wasn't Mm -hmm. like oh i don't want to see more i was glad to see more but each one felt like a climactic end to a film yeah that's that's Um, understandable i could kind of see that i i disagree i feel like the movie felt like i it didn't feel like the movie that i could appoint to that felt like that the most is lord of the rings return of the king I almost left the theater like three times because they kept thinking the movie ended. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, okay. okay. We're doing this. Oh, we're doing this person's thing. Oh, oh, they're okay, going to. Cool, oh, okay. cool, cool. <laughs> so this did not feel like that. So sure. that's an extreme. But just I think we just have to talk about the two scenes is the church scene and the and last scene. The mm-hmm. church scene. Well, how interesting for sure. Oh, you know what? It also felt like it felt like they wanted to wrap up everyone's story. But the only one I really cared about was Seely. Like, I was glad to see everybody's story and I'm glad everyone got their moment. But like at this point in the movie, I was just like, I just want to know how Seely is. Yeah. But it was really cool to see this big church moment with them hearing the church from all the way over there and then coming and joining in. The singing was fantastic. The feeling was there. I'm not a religious person, but like. I felt it. Yeah. I felt like in that moment, them coming together for that thing, you know, and I I can never knock a person turning to faith to get through a trying time. Like the, all these people are. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So beautiful, but uh, faith and religion can be a beautiful thing for sure. Like, I think that like it, it, it creates community. It creates like a a system that allows people to have someone to, to talk to about things like it, it, it people you can rely on and fa- family that you know isn't it can be found family for a lot of people i don't know it, there's a lot of good that can come out of church yeah and it, you know it was super emotional margaret avery was fantastic as she mm-hmm. ended here uh hugging her dad and coming into terms in that moment oh yeah uh, oh and, man and she, and she upstaged that one girl so hard that girl was singing she was killing it she was like she brought her, all those people to the church and then she had to come and be like I'm singing now. I'm singing now. That's a villain origin story right there. <laughs> and then we had found out Nettie was in Africa. Albert pays for Nettie and her family to come. And there's this beautiful shot of this house and them coming with these banner fabric things. And it was beautiful. And they come up and, you know, I mean, Nettie was such the only thing. The only reason I think you justify the beginning of this film is because you know how much Celia and Nettie mean to each other because that yeah. the beginning of that film, the first 20 minutes, like the the bond they have is eternal yeah. and unbreakable. And seeing them finally reconnect after this whole movie, shockingly poetically fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think their relationship was really good. I honestly thought the relationship was going to be like the whole movie, but I I like that Celie had different relationship dynamics with different people when people came and went from her life. 
Yeah. And, you know, uh, they bring in Adam and Olivia and she hugs them and mm-hmm. Nettie. And then and then the movie, su- kind of strange, has Albert, like, come up. From yeah, the like a really like a little redemption it, moment. And it was like, no, is that what it was trying that. to do? That's what it felt like. I can't say what it was. I trying don't know to what do. other reading there is of it, but that's just so dumb. Yeah. that I don't know what to say about it. Yeah, it felt like they showed him like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like it was his version of saying, I'm sorry, but you are not yeah. redeemed. My man, you are a bad, know. bad guy. And yeah. there's nothing you can do to fix that. And then they continue to do it in the closing credits where they have Nettie and Celie do their patty cake game mm-hmm. again. Well, again, Albert like walks in the background behind them. Yeah, no, I don't I, like I, that. Yeah. Like explain it to me. Like, I, don't I don't know. know. I'm I assuming they were trying to be like, and he's semi redeemed. Oh, Darren says it felt like to her an exhibit of Celie's power. Her curse worked. Oh, okay. Okay. I see that. But sure. he, uh, he could still get hit by a truck. And that goes against everything I said earlier about like the villains and it being real. And the villain can like the villains are still out there in the world existing the same world you are in. You have to learn to kind of live with that. But he could have gotten hit by a truck. <laughs> yeah. Real interesting. Real interesting. That's the only ending that I would like. I would I would love to hear Spielberg explain it to me. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. That's the only thing. I, yeah. I don't even know if he, I needed to see him die. I, I just I was done with. I got it. Yeah. I was I, good. I also didn't like I magically inherited all this money in the house. I, I don't know how else you would have done it because she was in like it a was bad, bad, weird. bad situation. But then, yeah, it was also weird because also at that moment, they made sure to let us know that her kids were not her brother and sister. So it was like this weird cleanup moment. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful it's not. But also like movie, are you you just just trying to clean it up? It's like, Like, why why make it less messed up? It was messed up. It is a messed up thing that happened. Don't be like, oh, now actually it's not messed up. Yeah. Oh, I cried. I cried Pretty like wild. a thousand times in this movie. I only cry at the end, mm, but that's because I was fair. just taking it in, not because of a critique in the movie. Uh, uh, one more thing. Okay. I have another I, thing after your thing. Specifically great. One more to thing tea. for me. Okay, great. Was that a fantasy moment when Celie first leaves and then she's on the trains and gives chocolate coins to some random girl on the train? I didn't get I was it. wondering. I, I was like, did she? She went to Tennessee, and so I'm assuming she gave chocolate coins to a girl, and she just saw the little girl as her sister. But also, how did she get so much money to like look so good, to have such like a nice clothes, and to ride a train? And yeah, uh, I have no idea. Maybe it was a dream. I don't have know. A, have a waiter. I it was, was wondering weird. about that too. It was weird, but it felt nice. And then I thought that was the end of the movie because <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we're in like a fantasy sequence, and there's the end." Okay. Yeah. And then I looked, and there were 20 more minutes, and I was like, "I'm so confused." Yeah. T. Yeah, I have no idea. T, I yeah. have words to say to you. Long ago in the history of this podcast, I gave you a challenge, Grave of the Fireflies, which is one of the saddest oh. movies I've ever watched before watching yeah, this I, movie. I made T watch it. And you switched and made T watch the challenge. And so in my head, this is revenge for <laughs> me making him watch grave of the fireflies i don't know maybe it's a narrative i'm making but who knows t hold on a second are you trying to call me out she couldn't have one nice dress 
the whole point of the whole film was she did not have nice things. (laughs) That's not me projecting. The movie said she ain't got nothing. That's the point of all of this. But at the end, she was working in a fashion thing. So maybe she like made a nice dress. I don't know. After that, why? why, Where did she... Then Shug, show me that. Then, then there was to, there was right. a deleted scene of twenty seconds of me of her showing me her crushing it. Shug, it was just well, like Shug could have given her a dress. That's a good point. Uh huh. A hundred percent. But that was that did not look like a dress that Shug. Wow. But also, she was in a situation where she was on a train with a waiter. I'm standing by my point. There was a waiter. <laughs> presenting her a tray filled with chocolates there were Ch- just cheap chocolate coin things from a waiter from like the dollar store this is 1909 you know how much a dollar uh 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 uh, uh a one gold coin chocolate cost in 1909 marcus it's worth as much as gold yes <laughs> I'm standing by my point. That scene was weird. It felt like a uh, fantasy sequence. It was out of place. They, I, they either needed to show me that she yeah, like yeah. got prominence and money or something. I or did it, not see that scene as a fantasy at all. And I just accepted it. But I, I see what you're saying. What, what, I, the waiter presented her candy <laughs> chocolate coins. What are you talking about? It was clearly a fantasy scene. All you guys are smoking something. Get the out of here, height all of, of you. fantasy. <laughs> gold chocolate coin that seems like something Celie would make up in her fantasy mm-hmm. head she's a she's a little she's yeah. traumatized she's got ptsd no. yeah, yeah, man yeah, 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 like yeah. whenever like, yeah when i flew first class uh, the guy that was stewardess brought out gold chocolate coins exactly that didn't happen <laughs> only in your dreams uh-huh. like Celie's yeah, yeah, in that yeah. moment yeah that's true fair enough anyway See, you didn't answer his question. Was this uh, payback for making you watch Grave of the Fireflies? Marcus has to know burning before question. he can move on with his burning life. Burning question. I just got yelled at for yelling. <laughs> <laughs> it was important. It's podcast time. You can yell in podcast time. I, I bet yeah. you my neighbors hear me yelling. I live in a house and I'm sure they can hear me. These windows are not that thick. Marcus, is there anything else in this movie you'd like to talk about? Uh, No. I think that's it. I think phenomenal acting. Well, Marcus, did you like this film? I did like the film. Did you like the film? Gosh, I really did. T. I'm. I was. I really thought I wouldn't, and I was gonna have to come up here and like be like, "Ooh, this old stupid film." But like, the movie's really good. Mm-hmm. It, it really, really is good. It, on mostly on the performances, these 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 women are just like, uh, yeah, iconic. incredible, incredible yeah. historic roles. I love it. Marcus, would you will you would you recommend this film? Oh, also, yeah, T, this film was nominated. I think it was for 11 Academy Awards and didn't win any. That's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. It was a hard year. I don't would know. I recommend the film? Yeah, 100%. I re- recommend the film. If you want to have a good cry, Same. you know, uh I think it's worth it. I think it's it's good cuz you're crying in the sad parts and you're crying at the happy parts. It's nice. You get both. I think I think this film is on some lists of like top 100 films and I could totally see why and I think it should be on those recommended uh yeah. things and I would recommend this film 100%. Yeah. 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 It's needed viewing for almost everybody, mm-hmm. you know. And Marcus, will you be watching the movie musical when it comes out? Oh, 100%. I will see 100%. that in theaters. I will be there. I will support I'm so sad I missed it with Cynthia Revo on stage. You saw it. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. T saw it multiple times. I really wish 
I saw that. It was great. It was beautiful. I thought I saw that her tea was going to be Celie, but you're saying it's Fantasia Barino of American Idol. Oh, Fantasia? Oh. Really? Was she on? I don't love Fantasia. Was she, did she was? She might have been on the stage version for like a week during its that run or something. Danielle Brooks reprising her role because she was on. Mm. Which call it? He, he she was on Broadway. Interesting. Okay. Cool. That's all the questions, guys. You were here during our Patreon episode to listen to us talk about the color purple. That also means that you're going to, if you made it this far, you're definitely going to be here next time. So go ahead and join Let's the go. Patreon. Patreon.com slash. Now try this. Oh, I hit my mic. How, how what happened there? Do it again. I need a clean Deb. I need Patreon.com slash. Now try this cast to join our Patreon. Let us know what is going on and how you want to join the conversation and to vote on what we will be doing next oh her is in a different role i got it mm. to come in uh, uh and leave a spotify reviews and apple reviews and we're at now try this cast everywhere join the conversation we love you and see you next tuesday if you're listening to this podcast you know how to support podcasts so go do it support us we're your friends we love you you love us remember to go out there and try some things goodbye good night, night. Friends get together so they can try things so you can try things And we will stop saying So that we can all now try this Cool, 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 cool Sick, 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 sick Sick, 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 sick You want to share a screen with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah